0: This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 163, The Different Paths of Awakening. Have you experienced a spiritual awakening or awakenings? If you're unsure, by the end of the episode, you'll know. There's not only one way that you could become more suddenly aware or experience a major change in your perspective or a transformation that doesn't allow you to go back to the previous way you were living. There are many, many paths. For today's episode, I sat down with Ali Levine. Ali is her own story of awakening, and she's the host of the podcast Awakening with Ali. So it's a topic that's really close to her heart. She is also an intuitive stylist, breathwork practitioner, and transformation expert. Her mission is to help conscious women to breathe, embody, surrender, and transform. She helps her client use breath as a tool to move from breakdown to breakthroughs and shift to their highest frequency of being. And with the self-discovery journey of a closet audit, she helps them tap into the design of their soul and come home to their most authentic self through the wardrobe of their dreams, using breath work again, but also color education, visualization, mood boarding, and more. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else in their healing journey. Leave a review on iTunes for them to find this episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. I really love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and you share something you've learned on Instagram, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast. All right, let's get to today's episode with Allie.
1: Hi Allie. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for being here with you. I'm so excited. I know we've been chatting about this happening. You were just on my show. You know, we were just talking before we got on recording, like real life, all the things. It's just been a little bit hectic to get on. So I'm so excited to get to be here today. And I like that we took a breath before we started because I have definitely felt the energy has just been intense.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally if you're listening to the podcast, you don't see the background, but I always tell the guests, okay, so we're going to take a breath and then we're going to start. <laughs> and I do yeah. it mostly for myself, but I think it's nice for people to have a second to
1: the centered and like,
0: all right, yes. let's jump I in. Love that. And I don't know if you can see what
1: my sign behind me says, breathe. And oh yeah. so, yep. Yep. That's my breathe sign right there to remind me. It says, breathe. The universe is taking care of everything else. Good.
0: So, to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Sure.
1: Hi, I'm Ali. Um, I am like Erica, very multidimensional, and have a lot of hype in it. But the ones that are probably the truest for me right now are intuitive stylist, breathwork practitioner, and transformation expert. And I realized uh, in my styling journey over the last twelve plus years that I was actually healing people through their clothes and the transformation, but wasn't awakened to that I was actually doing that I just thought mm. you know hey and how helping people transform through their wardrobe and they feel good in what they're wearing and I would always say confidence is your best accessory and I thought to myself like That was very true for a very long time. And then I went through like my own awakenings as I became a new mom and I struggled with confidence so much. And I recognized that it wasn't just confidence, but it was actually like that authenticity of yourself was actually your superpower and being able to step into that. But it's not always easy to be at our authentic core, especially because the world around us loves Mm -hmm. to tell us to fit into all these boxes and molds. And so I realized through going through my own spiritual journey of starting from meditation to then leading me to the breath, and then, choosing to be certified in breath work because I felt so transformed by it, and literally went from a actual transformation of dressing people of like this you know surface level, I guess transformation in a sense to Mm -hmm. actual soul transformation with the breath. And that's when I was like, okay, I have to study this work. I got to understand why every time I'm breathing, there's actually massive changes on every level, mind, body, and soul. Like, how is this happening? How am I going from a breakdown to a breakthrough? And that's how I ended up becoming, you know, certified and going through a whole training and deciding that, I wanted to really take this to the next level. And so now it's like really combining the worlds of like those who want that conscious level of styling and they want the wardrobe and the breath work to be infused and work together. Then I work mm-hmm. with people in that respect. And then I'm also doing actual, just full-blown breath work sessions individually in groups and workshops and in the near future, something with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So There's a lot in that intro that I want to come back to and talk about, of course, confidence, authenticity, breath, all of these things. But before we go into like the awakening conversation, I want to take a little detour just on the stylist side of things, because oh, sure this is a thing we've never spoken about here on the podcast. And you mentioned that like the styling goes with confidence and that affects like on the surface level, how people are. But further than that, like how does style or color can affect how we
1: feel about ourselves or how we see ourselves or how other people see us. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you asked this question because this is something I actually do when I work with people is I go through you know, their closet energetically. I call it an energy audit. I go through visualization of them, how a color feels, of how it affects their mood, the frequency. You know, All of those different things are so important. Whether you are actually conscious of it or not, it does uh-huh. change your mood. It does change how you receive things. It also changes how people receive you. So let me give a really easy example, because I think most, especially women can relate to this. A lot of women choose to wear black. I think that's a pretty fair statement just because it's easy. It can be matched with a lot of things. It's considered quote unquote professional. The list goes on and there's nothing wrong with black. It's a great color, but when you choose to wear it every single day, I believe in what I've seen from so many different transformations in my clients' closets, that it is a very concaving color. It is a very, I go inward. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to, you know, be looked at. I want to be in my own bubble. I'm not allowing myself expansion. Maybe it does sometimes put me in a mood of just, even if it's not a bad mood, it could just be in a, I'm just very here. I'm very not reaching. I'm not trying to, you know, go to the next level. I'm just comfortable where I am here in this box. And so I think the, you know, the color black can do that to people a lot. It's definitely done it to me. So no judgment, especially because the world tells us again, like, Hey, wear black. Cause it's great. You know, it goes with this and it's so easy, et cetera, et cetera. And while those surface things may be true, there is so much more to color when it comes to our vibration and frequency. And so that's just one example. Another example would be, maybe you're someone who doesn't want to wear pink. And in your mind, you think that, I just don't want to wear pink because I don't like the color pink. But what I would challenge you to ask yourself is, But what is actually the reason that pink is triggering you that you don't want to wear it? Because let me tell you, the actual undertone and vibrancy and, you know, vocabulary of pink, if you will, in its own terminology in the color world is all about compassion and all about, you know, giving and receiving that compassion and that love and that real unconditional feeling. So are you not receiving that in your life or are you not willing to give it to someone in your life? There's a chance very, very closely that if you look at your situation, there's a reason why that color is triggering you. And that goes for many different colors and they don't have to trigger you. Some colors can be expansive to you and you don't want to step into them and you don't want to wear them because you don't feel worthy of wearing them. There's so many layers to colors uh-huh. and you know, vibration and frequency. So I love that you asked that question because I include that in my you know yeah. entire energy audit, if you will, when I first look at their closet and go through it. And then if we end up doing further sessions, we really dive into what colors are you missing in your closet? What colors have you been avoiding in your life? Like uh-huh. let's get down into the deep levels of healing and why you're avoiding certain colors. So, you know, anyone listening, I would challenge you to truly go step into your closet right now and ask yourself, what am I not wearing? Or what am I choosing not to wear? Cause there's something there.
0: Yeah. So just for funsies, My closet is made of four colors, nothing else. (laughs) Okay. White, like a mix of earth tones, like beiges to like rust, like kind of earth tones,
1: pinks and
0: greens. Okay, well,
1: hey, at least I didn't hear just black black and white because that's usually like when people are like, I have three colors, I have four black, white, beige, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and the one color I have been avoiding is red. Mm -hmm. It's red. Mm -hmm. Okay, so usually red is a color that wants to be seen. It yeah, wants bright. to be heard. It's fiery. It's in your face. It's look at me. It's I've got, you know, something for you, or I want your attention. Or it even could be like, I'm trying to put a message out there that's kind of like otherworldly, that's like above, you know, essentially pushing the envelope. It could be I mean, uh-huh. there are many things, but it's a very fiery and defining color. So for you, it's like asking yourself, like, what are you not allowing yourself to step into to be able to do that, that that color is probably in a way triggering you or making you feel like, you know, you don't want to embody it right now. And look, There's nothing wrong with not wearing certain colors. Like I've been there several times, but you, again, if you want to go on a more conscious level and a deeper level, you need to be able to look at that as another way of doing shadow work through your colors (laughs) and ask yourself, like, essentially, like, what is this that I'm not stepping into wanting to embody or what is this triggering within me that I don't feel I'm worthy of? You know, that's why I combine it with the breath of people that are, you know, willing to be in that conscious space in their closet because, well, let's breathe through that and heal that so we can move you into that conscious wardrobe and have you have a conscious closet.
0: Oh, interesting. Like, I don't think I would have considered looking into my closet as part of my tools of awakening and self-study yeah. and personal growth. <laughs> so totally. Much, and, you know? you know,
1: it's funny, like, I had the same thing, like, when between, you know, my own awakening and then becoming a mom and all these things, like, I realized, like, I was, like, hiding through so many things in my clothes. At first, it was, like, I was also wearing like crazy baggy stuff because like I didn't like my body after I became a new mom and, you know, and I didn't realize like that was a thing. And then I started like actually asking myself, like, what's going on? Why don't I want to wear these things or why are certain things still sitting in my closet that I'm holding from pre-motherhood that are never going to just straight up look good on me anymore because I don't have the same, you know, body they used to have because I had babies and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I was stuck in this like, oh, I got to go back to that pre and then those colors would trigger me because those are the colors I was always wearing pre before, you know, becoming a mom, you know, and so it's like being so real with yourself, right? And being able to like see it for what it is and then say, okay but am I going to be stuck in that and stay in it or am I going to work through it and actually consciously make a decision to understand, you know, what it is. And I do believe, you know, all different things, you know, in our homes um, and especially I think in our closet, because I feel for most people, our closet is a very intimate place for most people and kind of private in that sense, that in those spaces that are that sacred to you, then it really should be aligned to who you are and where you are in your journey right this minute. And you shouldn't be holding anything from the past. It's going to be stagnant energy since we are energetic beings and everything is energy. And I think that it's important to also think about like you don't want to have stuff sitting there that potentially could be quote unquote future that you don't feel you've truly created yet because then that's also like leaving a hindrance of it just sitting in your closet of like, Oh, I'll wear that someday. Well, why aren't you embodying it now? Why is it someday? And I continuously have this audit for myself. Like even last night I was going through my draws and I'm like, this doesn't make me happy. I don't wear this. Like I don't use this anymore. Like, why is it just sitting here? It'll take up space, you know, and being able to do those things on very simple levels are going to let you continue to move through how you actually feel in your colors in your clothes and all those things so coming back to awakening in
0: general whether we're doing it with little steps like looking at the colors we wear or bigger steps with like breath work and other tools what's that process of awakening look like for you like what does it mean for you in your life to have awaken or to continuously awaken
1: yeah oh that's a powerful question So I think obviously for everyone, you know, awakenings are different for me. My first really actually I realized came in 2013 when my grandmother passed away, but I wasn't actually open to receiving that awakening, but I kept seeing like angel numbers and I kept getting signs and there was so much being thrown in my face, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to receive. And I think that's another thing to really talk about is like, if you're not ready for it, like it will find you, but like, it'll be when you're actually ready to receive it, or you'll be essentially pushed into it because you hit a wall where there is no more and you need to be awakened and and everyone's is different. And the reason I share that is because I kind of feel like that was mine. I was kind of pushed into it because I kept getting signs and I kept getting angel numbers. And I would even like get the ringing in my ears and I would look things up and I'd read about it and I'd ignore it. And then something else would happen and I would just be like, ah, and I would just write everything off. And it came to then, you know, once I had my first daughter and I had a pretty traumatic birth, I believe a lot of times trauma can bring awakenings as well as a lot up for us that is truly meant for us to see and feel and heal, but Mm -hmm. maybe we don't want to. I surely did not. And (laughs) For me, you know, so much with her birth was it actually really wasn't her birth at all. The situation of her birth was intense and traumatic, but that wasn't what actually, as I learned with my own, you know, therapy and things I did, that wasn't actually the trauma that brought the awakening. The trauma was that I had never healed and grieved my grandmother's passing. And I stayed in it so long in so many ways physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all things. And I never dealt with it and I never, you know, felt it. So I was never able to heal it. And so then once, you know, I was cracked open essentially and, you know, had her and had such a traumatic birth, I was forced to basically Mm -hmm. sit down and just feel it all so intensely all at once. And it was intense. I'm not going to lie. And it was really hard and it was really dark, but it was a blessing at the same time because it really forced me to take accountability in my own life. And it forced me to really just reflect and look at everything that I was doing and what I wasn't feeling, what I wasn't in touch with, and what actually mattered in my life versus all the things I was caught up in. And I was using essentially, I realized, as distractions and as like almost like armor to keep me away from having to deal with anything else which I think is easy to do in our society (laughs) through many many ways. Right. And so, yeah, that was really what brought me to that really full blown kind of cracking open and full awakening. And then I think in my opinion, as you awaken and as you go on the spiritual journey, it's never ending. It's like it continues. And the more Mm -hmm. you work on yourself and the more it deepens, the more that opens for you. It's like this Healing back of this onion of layers, it just keeps happening and happening. And you're like, I laugh because I'm like, oh, yeah, I got there. I did really well with that. I'm like, I'm learning. And the next thing that happens, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> totally.
0: You know? Right. And I think I it's think easier it's like- to see with time, right? Like we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, that was a moment of awakening. Like this yes. was why it was difficult
1: or whatever we make sense of it. We reflect, right? Like exactly, how exactly. like I think that's also a big part of awakening is like you instead of reacting, you actually observe and you reflect and you're like, Oh, why did that just happen? And how did I receive that? And and what was I maybe, you know, getting in that moment, or what was I supposed to be taught in that moment that I needed to go back to versus just full blown triggering, which most of us do and, and react. You learn how to observe. And I think that's been a really big part of my awakening, Erica is like. Of course, I'm only human and I make mistakes, but a lot of time in my life now I'm observing before I'm actually even responding reacting or being triggered. Yeah.
0: So those are signs that our listeners can look for because if we don't want to wait that we're after and we're reflecting back, you mention like being in the moment and reflecting on what's happening is a sign that you might be going through some level of awakening. And you also mentioned something not in these words, but between the lines, I heard like we're questioning, we're questioning what yes. is happening to us. And that might be Absolutely. a sign of awakening. Any other sign
1: people can look for to be like, okay, this kind of makes yeah, sense definitely. that everything I would feels... Say, to me, in my opinion, angel numbers. I really believe, you know, God, source, your guides, you know, your angels, everything around you, our universe speaks through our numbers massively. And I think if you see, you know, when I was looking down at the clock for a minute, when we were talking, it was 222. And those are my grandmother's angel numbers. That's when she passed it was 222. So for me, that was the first round of numbers I saw. Everywhere, all the time, license plates. You know the clock. You know I would be on an interview on a paper on a bill on a number on a table. I mean, you name it, it was just everywhere, like in my face, the point where it was like, oh. even My husband started noticing it, you know. And so I think when you see those numbers over and over and over again in different ways, whatever it is, one one one, two two two, three three three, four four four, five five five. There's still eleven eleven. Like I know eleven eleven is quote unquote the awakening number, but I know a lot of people say they see that first. For me, I was too So I don't think you question whatever, you know, sequence of numbers you see. I think Mm -hmm. if it gets you curious and gets you feeling more inward of like, what's going on and like, what am I being shown? Then you go with your intuition. And I think that's another part of awakening too, is really trusting in your intuition and your gut. Mm -hmm. When you feel something and it feels off and you actually listen, or it feels good and you actually go for it, it shows you like later on, even if it's not right away that you were right, or you were wrong, and you start to listen and trust. And the more you start to tune into the body, and out of the mind, and actually observe again, what the body responding to what it's feeling like, and what's coming, you may also even get angel numbers after that, that are like your confirmation of like, oh, yes, that was, you know, the right thing. And I believe to me, it's like you being cheered on like, yeah, you got this, you're going the right direction, you know? <laughs> um, so I think there's a big conscious part to mm-hmm. awakening and really receiving that. Yeah. So it's not just a passive
0: thing that happens to us. Like sometimes we're being forced into the corner, right? Like pushed into the wall, like you were
1: saying, but it could be a very like, conscious choice to be like, I yes, am moving it absolutely forward. Can be. And it, it was for me back in 2013. I just chose not to. And again, 2015, like I had so many different things that kept playing out. I mean, I even laugh now, like if I did that crazy show on, you know, Bravo, For the, you know, those that know and those that don't, it was called Stripped. And it was like this whole documentary of my husband. that was all about having everything taken away from you for 21 days. And like, what does this do now? Me on the surface level, it was like, oh, it was Bravo. And I was styling those people on Bravo, blah, blah, blah but i laugh now because i've realized it was actually another part of my awakening journey because it was all about having everything taken away so i could sit and evaluate my shit and be in my shadow work and all these things i didn't recognize it even though i was doing it on you know camera and i think like that was the first piece to me actually starting to really open and then getting pregnant and then going through everything else after the birth it was like the whole thing came together and it was like and now i'm cracking open you know so yeah you're right like you can make a conscious choice that when it continues to show itself to you there's a reason or eventually like you said you will be it's going to find you you're not going to get away from it and you're going to be pushed into it and unfortunately i do believe most people you know choose not to be conscious they want to stay kind of programmed well because do it's hard go- we
0: talked about it yeah. how intense it could be and like oh, that's why is. i'm yes. asking this question it's like if it could be a choice like other than because i don't want to wait to you know, have it forced on me. Yeah. Like, why? Why do you choose to work towards awakening?
1: Like, why we choose to do this work, knowing that it's not all rainbow and unicorns. Right. Yeah. No, it's so true. And and the reason I say, you know, make the conscious choice. And of course, everyone's got free will. But the reason I say this because, unfortunately, most times I think for people, it's through trauma that they're pushed through. Right. And that's very intense in itself. And trauma is, you know, a very real thing. But to your point of like, you know, why choose this when you know it's intense? Well, to me, you're choosing you and like what better thing to bet on than you, right? Like Mm -hmm. you are of the creator, we are co-creators. So if you can understand that and really embody that and understand like how truly special and authentic you are in your own design soul blueprint, because each of us have our own period, end of story then you will want to start to bet on yourself. You will want to say, how can I better myself? How can I make changes? How can I observe myself? You know, I saw a quote the other day. I actually think I saved it on my phone. So I'm like, wait, I got to pull it up because I saw the day and I saved it because it really resonated with me. And it triggered me for a moment. And then I was like, no, no, no. Like this like resonates, this makes sense. But it says, I think the best thing I ever did in my adult life was start digging deep and asking myself why I am the way I am and do the things I do. It takes a ton of work and intentionality, but getting to know myself on a deeper level will help me thrive. Would you agree? And it was funny when I first read it, it was like a triggering, like a, oh yeah, but it's ongoing work. But then at the same time, I had this like moment of gratitude Where I was like, but I would have never found meditation. I would have never found breath work. I would have never been able to step into this conscious space and also meet like such conscious people who, you know, resonate on such a soul level. And I wouldn't be so caught up in so much surface stuff that really doesn't matter. And, you know, all these different things. And so, obviously, for everyone, again, it's a choice. You have free will, but ask yourself, like, would you want to bet on yourself? Would you want to make yourself? feel as good as possible every single day. Like, wouldn't you want to wake up for the most part lit up that you're even though you may be in an awakening, and it may be hard, that you're working towards a better version of you that you're evolving on such a level that at one point, you're going to look at yourself and not even recognize yourself because raising my hand. If you can't see me, that has been me so many times over the last few years. Like I will look at myself and be like, who was I like, who am I? You know, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm applauding myself because I'm like, but I'm so much happier. I met so much more peace. I have tools. I'm so grateful for, I now can share these tools with others and these gifts. Like there's so much goodness to, that comes with it. And I think that yes, of course it's intense and it's hard, but would you rather stay in something that's quote unquote easy because it's just not bringing you to a level of discomfort, but really you're just kind of a slave to that reality, but it's mm-hmm. not really the reality you would want? Or do you want to actually do the hard work and move through and know it's going to be really hard because it's you and no one else is pushing you? Like no one else is telling you to go after that dream, it's you. But then if you do it, that like you're going to actually set up your own reality. That's what I'm, you know, still going through and working through. And I still have moments where it's hard, but I have to remind myself how far I've come and how much more I'm going forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent reminder because I find that we can find ourselves into the thought of like, I want to go back to blissful ignorance. Like, I <laughs> yeah, I hear that. You know, can I get a break and just oh yeah? Sometimes I go just want with to my like life turn, as if you know, I know I nothing of on all of TV.
1: this. And I can't even do that because everything doesn't resonate for me anymore. My husband will even joke. He's like, "Oh, it does resonate for you? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's hard. You know, there's moments where you feel so alone and there's moments where because you've made such conscious choices that so many things don't line up at the same time. Being able to be in gratitude for the things that do and the things that like truly light up your soul, you feel and know. There's no question. Yeah, it's not like oh, I'm just doing this because because that because is gone. It's I'm doing it because it resonates in my soul, or I'm not doing it. Period. There's no distractions. There's no more. Oh, I'm just doing this because I'm you know just going to scroll. I should. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and, and at the same time, also really recognizing that we're all human and we all make mistakes and we're all on this evolving journey and no one has it figured out. And so, if you have a moment where you're like, I'm just going to have a pity party for myself and just sit here, okay, that's fine too. Like, you know, it's just like understanding it's all about you. It's all about coming home to yourself, I believe, and that true authenticity mm-hmm. of yourself. And that's not easy because we're brought up into so many different programs and boxes and Schedule, yeah, that are all based in external validation, they're not based in internal trust, (laughs) right? Exactly. You're like, Wait, what I have to trust myself, and I have to bet on myself at the same time, like, Uh and just keep going with it, and just like trust it's going to happen. It's like, Yeah, like, truly, I said to someone the other day, I was on doing a breathwork session. I'm like, Everything you want is on the other side of fear, but you have to choose that because no one's going to push you and say, You know. Just do it, you know. Yes, you may have family, you may have friends, you may have a partner, all the things, but then the day it's still you. You have to make the conscious choice to do it. And I believe that awakening is a huge part of that because then we can really listen to our soul and what our soul purpose and what we feel, you know, is aligned for us versus what we're being told to actually do. Yeah, totally. and that's where the breath showed up for me. You know, it was like I finally started being able to access that within myself and also trust and find that faith. And get out of fear because the breath kept giving me that, that real trust, that real guidance, you know, and listening to my nervous system and listening to my body.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking now of awakening as a personal process and personal journey. But before we got on, we were talking about the collective, right? So coming back to that, like knowing that awakening is a personal journey, but I feel like it can become a collective one. Absolutely. What do you think is going on right now in the collective? Like what's that awakening that's happening?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I do believe that's where we are right now. I think it's going to be, in my opinion, a lot of 2023 and 2024. I don't think it's going to get easier in a lot of ways until 2025, just from what I've understood of astrology, from my own you know, downloads, everything else, because I believe we are in a time where, and it's been going on since 2020, COVID brought it on massively, I think that we're in a time not only of awakening, but of a lot of collapse. There's a lot of changes, um, a lot of systems that are going to collapse in front of our eyes, a lot of things that just don't resonate anymore. And, you know, the more people own their own sovereignty and step into their own truths and their own projects and their own jobs and walk away from the quote unquote systems and the matrix and whatever else you want to call it. The more these systems will continue to collapse faster in front of us. Um, I think we've seen a shaking in the medical system. We've seen a shaking, you know, in the political system. We've seen a sh- we've pretty much seen a shaking in every system: in the economy system, like, in the food system. I mean, everything. Right? They're questioning, "Are you telling me the truth?" They're questioning, you know, "Is that information truly what you say it is?" We're no longer, in my opinion, in a place where we used to just listen to what we were told, quote unquote. Thank God for that. Um, So as a collective,
0: uh, we're questioning. We're coming back to that. The sign is awakening.
1: We're questioning. We're reflecting on what's going on. Yes, we're questioning. Why is that happening? But then this is happening instead. Why are we being told this? But then this is happening instead. And I think social media, of course, can be a blessing and a curse in many ways. I know I've experienced it in my own life many ways. But... I believe this awakening that social media is helping that in a way because there are so many platforms where people are questioning, they're putting dialogue out that you weren't necessarily listening to before that people are actually awakening and paying attention and saying, huh, that's interesting what they're saying. And that grabs my attention. And you know what? It may not be in every area that resonates for you and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if there's one area that does trust it and go with it and listen in. I believe your soul is asking you to do that. Your soul is calling you and saying, that resonates for me, something there is something I can take and work with. And it's going to help me, you know, for me, that it was what what helped have breath work, you know, it was like, I was pregnant with my second daughter, the world was obviously chaos in 2020, when I was pregnant. And I was like planning a VBAC. And I was planning all these things, my birth a VBAC is a vaginal birth after a C-section, I had had a C-section on my first daughter. And I was planning all these things in my mind and then, you know, COVID hit. And then I'm told, you know, because I was living in California at the time and I'm told by my doctor and everything that like, oh, your husband may not even be able to be there. We don't even know if we'll be able to even do a VBAC because of what's happening and all these things. And it was like, whoa, wait, everything I had like worked on and been intention wise and meditating on and praying on is like being ripped away from me. And I was so grateful that that was when I found breath work because I was able to get into my body and really feel what was true for me and move through these massive emotional moments and traumas that were coming up and breathe through them and come home to myself and really surrender to the emotions and allow them to, you know, leave. And I know, obviously, all the work you do, Erica, like you know this, our nervous system doesn't lie. And so with whatever is coming up, there's a reason it's coming up. And you know, again, you need to feel it in order to heal it. This has been a constant lesson in my life. And so (laughs) I recognize that with the breath. And so as things would come up and I would feel it, I would actually allow myself to go through it and then move through it. And so the more I did that, the more I would release the fears around what my birth was going to be and what was going to happen and how it was going to play out. You know, I really believe between that and everything around me, you know, supporting me, Brought me to me, not only being to have my V back, but my husband was there, you know, everything really pretty much changed when it was time for me to give birth, you know, and I just remember in the beginning, I was really in fear, and I was really triggered by it. And I could have easily spiraled and just started going into a really, you know, dark place and been like, oh, it's not going to you know be what I want it to be. And I can't believe I built myself up and all these things. But I was like, no, it was a conscious moment, right? Because I was awakened. It was a conscious moment that I made the switch. And I said, I'm going to do what I need to do to find my tools to get through this the best I can and you know, pray that I'm going to be taken care of and supported in the best way possible. And that is what I did. And I really believe that is why you know I was able to get the V back I did with my daughter and have my husband be there and have the support that I needed. And even when I was, you know, having Arlie, I remember, I think I told you this off recording, but I remember when I was like pushing her out, she got stuck for a moment. And my doctor, you know, said, you know, to me, like, you know, we're going to give it a go again, but if things don't work out, like we're going to have to talk about a C-section. And I just remember again, in that moment, making a conscious choice not to go to this fight or flight triggering you know, position and to think back to my first daughter's birth and to really release that and say like, no, I'm here. I've come this far. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. I'm going to believe myself and I'm going to trust. And I looked at my husband and I said, put in my ear because I had a bunch of stuff on my phone of playlists. And I turned on my fear releasing breath work and meditation. And I started doing it while I was laying there. And as my doctor was telling me to push and, you know, was assisting with a vacuum and I was in my zone. I felt like at that moment, honestly, I went through an out of body experience. I don't know how else to explain it because it was so powerful when I was pushing that I felt I was pushing, but I really felt like I wasn't there. And I felt like I was really in my true, like higher consciousness state of like receiving what was happening. And I was already seeing like her come, even though like I hadn't had her physically just yet. And I swear I saw like, Pink and and purple and all these different like just beautiful ethereal colors. It was honestly like it's hard for me to even explain because it was so out of this world. But like I understand it because of all that I've awakened to, and I know it exists. And so for those that are too woo, it's fine. Like take what what resonates and drop the rest. But for me, it was like so out of body. It was so incredible. It was like oh my gosh, and I recognized, and it was like through the breath. And then you know a minute later, there she is on my chest, and it was such a surreal moment. And I was like crying and. Screaming and and smiling, and all the emotions, and like disbelief that it had actually happened in the physical but i recognized afterwards like that i had made that happen with all the support around me because i had leaned into the trust i had leaned into my nervous system i had leaned into surrendering and not going into the fear and choosing faith and choosing me and that made such a difference in what happened and then fast forward to 2022 i had my son and my first home birth and everyone told me that it wasn't possible it wasn't going to happen you know, all the fear, my family, everyone around me, all from a good place because they have their own fear programming. But at the same time, I had to choose not to be the victim and to choose to be conscious in my life and to do what I felt was right for me. And that alone, that awakening in my life has been a game changer. And I have meditation and breath work to thank for that.
0: That was a very powerful story. And you answered my next question, which is amazing. (laughs) I'm still going to ask it just for people to put it together. Sure. I wanted to ask like for people that are in the thick of it and they're suffering in that place, how do we trust that there's a light at the end of the tunnel? And what you said is. Right. What you said is to let go of the fear, to lean into the trust, to lean into the nervous system and like the wisdom of your body to learn to surrender, to choose you and to let go of victimhood. And I think like I have full body goosebumps. Like I think you picked up like I think that's a great list to remember if you're like in it to the point where you don't see a way out. Yeah. Those are part of the steps. That they you are. need to do and, so and the it's light the, starts. The first to... moment
1: is that conscious choice, like you said, you know, it's that first moment is like recognizing it, that awareness that it's coming up, because it's not that it's not gonna come up. So seeing it for what it is, being aware, and then choosing to move through it from a non-fearful fight or fight. Not place, triggered place. saying, like, yeah. no, I'm going to trust, I'm going to leave. And trust me, I completely get it. There have been plenty of times where I've been in the dark. I mean, really, my postpartum depression, honestly, I remember one of my therapists, you know, she would tell me to meditate and I hated meditating. I couldn't <laughs> meditate for more than two minutes, by the way, anyone, you know, watching or listening, like I could not, I was like, I hate it. I don't get it. I can't sit still. I used to be a very like on the go 24 seven person. And I was like, I can't. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Every day, meditate for two minutes. Even if you have to think about how much you hate it, just do it. And every day I did. And I remember I was so dark and so like mad about the process. But then it was five minutes. I still hate meditating. I would write it down in my journal. I still hate meditating, but I did for five minutes today. (laughs) You know, and then it was like, you know, oh, I actually got to 10 minutes today. And like, I didn't hate it so much, you know, and and then some days it was, I still hated it. It was 10 minutes, but I still did it, you know, and then it just started to all of a sudden change. And obviously it changes, you know, the science of our brain as well. But it just slowly started to shift. And then all of a sudden I would like hear the birds singing. And it sounds so funny to say, but it was true. I started noticing the birds were always singing, but I wasn't paying attention to it. I wasn't conscious of it. And then I started paying attention. I was like, oh, wow. And I look outside, oh, it's really pretty outside today. Like you start to like actually pay attention to the little things. Because you're awakening to like what actually you have gratitude for. And then when you can have gratitude, then really the darkness starts to lift. And it really starts to get a lot brighter and lighter, even if your situation doesn't change. The gratitude frequency, that vibration starts to come up. And then when you start becoming a vibrational match to that, well, then it starts to shift. And all of a sudden- You're in business. Oh, I can take a deep breath. And I'm finding the light at the end of the tunnel. And it has been an ongoing journey for me. It continues to be. But I'll tell you, it just gets better as you allow yourself to go deeper and deeper. And it doesn't mean that you figured it out by any means, because I definitely have not. But it means that you are working more and more on yourself. You are evolving more and more. And you are going to receive so much more because you are doing so. So yeah, if you're in a dark place, first of all, I'm sending so much love to you because I've been there. But it is not easy. But please trust in yourself. Know you are loved, that you are held and lean on different tools that resonate for you. Start things, even if they don't feel good, trust that they're going to help you. And if it doesn't work, try something else. There are so many, especially now, the cool thing about the collective awakening is everyone's talking about breath work, yoga, you know, so many um, tools out there. Meditation, you know, sound frequency. I mean, you know, tuning, forks, Reiki. Like there's so many different tools and different things that are becoming more mainstream, which I do believe is going to continue to happen over the years as people start to wake up to all these healing modalities. And so it's like, yes, try everything. Like I did, I jumped into everything. Like once I started like getting a taste for things, I was like, I'll try Reiki, I'll try this, I'll try that. You know, it's like all of a sudden you're like, (laughs) that you never like even believed in before, you know? And so like just trusting and awakening to like that there is more and that more does exist. And the more you allow yourself to believe that, the more you will actually receive it. But you have to be able to- really trust even in the dark moments that that is happening and keep showing up for yourself, even if it doesn't feel like it's switching. Cause trust me, it's not instant. Like I really yeah, it takes a myself time. for a while that it was going to be like instant. I'll keep writing these down. I'll keep doing gratitude lists and it's going to switch magic. No, no yeah. not at all. You have to literally believe it, feel it, embody it. And that's why also like breath work is so powerful because when you can come into your breath and you can actually deepen into your body and embody what you're feeling and then release what you need to actually heal, then you actually shift. It's the same thing when you're doing, you know, yoga and everything else. It's like you get into the body, like literally that is the game changer. And that was another thing too, Erica, that I recognized in meditation. Like meditation is amazing, but there was a reason why it stopped working for me after everything that was going on with 2020, obviously the world was insane at that time, but the mindset work stopped working. And I recognize like mindset work is great, but it doesn't necessarily fully last. When we get into the body and then combine the mindset work, well, then it's a whole different shift in frequency. But if you're just working with mindset work, it's kind of like this temporary, like this yeah, works and then it's over and then it works and yeah. then it's over. And so it's like, okay, get into it's the body. It's not as well anchored in you. Yes. Be anchored, be embodied, then your body can actually transform. Now you're talking actual change. Yeah.
0: Oh, I want to just keep talking forever, but we're already at the end. So anything else
1: you want to add before we finish? Honestly, I would just say like if you're going through an awakening, like be easy with yourself. Like truly just, you know, breathe truly. Respect where you're at in your journey. There is no perfect way to go through this or, you know, a weekend. Trust in yourself, you know, really listen to your soul. Does your soul resonate with it? You know, does it feel good? I always tell people it's a soul yes or it's a F no. There's no in between. I used to be the yes on everything. Not anymore. You know, creating those sacred boundaries, really finding who you align with, finding your tribe, especially now as the world continues outward to shake. Not inner. And that's another big lesson, I think, is people need to understand that just because the world shakes around us doesn't mean we have to shake inside. We can find our inner peace. We can find that love. We can dial in. We can embody. We can anchor, as you said so beautifully, but we have to choose to anchor in to our body and not choose to move in with the chaos chaos and get caught up. because It's very easy to do that, especially now. So really easy. finding that embodiment, finding your tools, finding your home of you is the most important. And if I can support you in any way, please reach out to me, whether it be through the conscious styling or the breath work, I am here to support you. And serve What's the best place for people to find
0: through. you if they want to work with you in some capacity?
1: Yeah. So you can find my website, AllieLevine.com that has all the information on it. And you can also contact me through there. You can go to... Allie Lean Design on any social media. I spend most time between Instagram and Twitter right now, but I'm on all the platforms. So feel free to reach out, DM. I love to connect with people. So if it resonates with you, please feel free to follow and let me know what resonated for you on this podcast. I have a podcast that Erica was just on. It was such a powerful episode called Awakening with Ali. And you'll find Erica in the recent episode. So go listen. And I'm actually creating an app. So stay tuned on that. It's gonna be all things of the breath and consciousness I'm very excited about in the very near future. And my newsletter is free. You get some cool free breath work and meditation. So if you subscribe, we get a little gift in your email and then that way we can stay in touch. I don't spam. I send out a, like a couple letters you know a month if, unless I'm doing extra workshops, I'll send you in case you want to check them out. And yeah, that's really about it. you know whether you want to work with me individually or you know collectively in a group. And I know Eric and I are planning something for the near future to do some kind of workshop together. So I'm sure she'll share that with y'all. But yeah, I would just say like, really be careful with yourself, be safe with yourself. And I mean that in the sense of like just being gentle, you know, really ask and we've yourself. we've talked like, about recipes. this on this
0: podcast, be a safe space for yourself.
1: Yes. yes there you go. I love that. I'm like, really, you know, be gentle with yourself. i listen to your intuition truly so much, like ask yourself what your gut is feeling, what you're getting in your nervous system and trust the body is giving you exactly what you need to receive. I tell everyone I want them to be their best self. So breathe, embody, surrender and transform. Thank you so much, Ali, for your time
0: today. What a lovely conversation.
1: Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much
0: for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass this on and help someone else find it by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave your review to say thank you, I will give you access to our premium membership for a full month for free. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. Find out the show notes for this episode at com slash 163. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.